4: slash compatibility.
5: Welcome back to the Green Zone presented by BetMGM Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you here in the VEASAN studio inside the Circa Resit and Casino. On a Saturday, it was moving day at the Open Championship. We kick off day two of the second half of Major League Baseball and, of course, game five a little later tonight on the NBA Hardwood for the finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. And as we usually do around this time on the program on Saturdays, we join our friend, Mike Piranio. He's the race and sports director at the Mandalay Bay. And of course, Mike, we were with you a little earlier this week on the show, long shots previewing the golf, of course, now into round three and concluded for round three at Royal St. George's for the open championship. What have you thought of the British open so far, Mike?
6: Yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. I mean, uh, I think, me and Wes, maybe you too, kind of like Spieth in this, and got a little nervous there. He bogeys three of the last five holes, so I, you know he always has that one bad, bad round. I'm hoping it's not going to continue into tomorrow. <laughs> so let's hope that's uh, just not a sign of things coming tomorrow. It's interesting. We, you know, they'll be redoing the odds shortly, and uh, uh, Louis looks like he's in control. But that week I had him, and he failed in the last day, so I, I'm not confident about him either. Morikawa looks like he's in pretty good shape in the, with the group in the like top five or six. I don't think you're going to see anyone. only one possible to come from that far back would be uh, Rom, And I, I just don't think he's just two two five five strokes, four strokes over second place. It's too much, maybe.
7: Yeah, we mentioned that, Mike, earlier in the program. I believe the last 31 majors— you had to be either at or on the lead or within four shots of the lead, so it looks like eight under would be the cutoff. John Rahm, I think, might be the only exception, being that he's the number one player in the world, so you certainly can't rule him out. But in terms of where you sit, are these current leaders uh, good outcomes for you guys at BetMGM?
6: You know what? The the golf is, is good for us pretty much all the time. It's tough to hit those future bets on golf, and if we do get hammered by someone, it's usually... Usually the favorites, if they win, the ones that get hammered, and the odds aren't that bad for us. But we do lose almost a little over six figures on Uthazen. Uh Morikawa. We actually win, so well, I guess. Our, and and we lose a hundred on speed too. So, uh, uh, Scheffler, same thing. I think we're safe on that one. And Rom is our biggest liability. Uh, we lose like uh, mid six figures, lower six figures. Sorry. Uh, on him because we had him at 14 to one originally going into round three. Even so, uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, once again, it looks like BetMGM did a pretty good job. The traders. Uh, we'll see what Speed does. That's the only one that looks like Speed and Hazen uh, are tough for us. But uh, I think Morikawa probably has a better shot than those two. If History means anything.
7: And we'll go ahead and review those prices there at BetMGM. They just pop back up for me. Louis Ustazen, seven to five plus one forty to get this done tomorrow. Colin Murakawa, nine to five. Jordan Speef eleven to two. John Rahm sixteen to one. Scotty Scheffler twenty to one. Corey Connors who will be playing in that second to last group of Spieth, twenty-five to one. Then you dip down to the hundred to ones like Cam Smith, Matt Hughes, Dylan Fratelli. But I also notice, uh, Mike, uh, you do have some specials up, some round four specials because this just popped up in front of me with a lot of the high profile players you're going to do round props tomorrow with in terms of uh, what their score is going to be I believe I'll just take one for example Jordan Spieth to shoot three under or lower that being a 67 even money and then to make an eagle or to be bogey free on the round so you have different props up for this do you have bettors that like to bet these and do you get decent size action on these going forward these kind of fun round props
6: uh, no, I mean, we put some restrictions on those just from a, a booking. From a
7: standpoint. limit, yes, yeah, sure.
6: Yeah, but that, w- that way we can actually take a shot and, and make sure we get the, the odds adjusted before we do anything.
5: Mike, uh, did you breathe a sigh of relief when Phil Mickelson uh, almost finished dead last and missed the cut on uh, Friday?
6: Yeah, I mean, for the company we did. I, I kind of knew he wasn't going to be uh, compete in this tournament. I just didn't set up for him uh, to do well. And and uh, you know, once after that first round, I think he was just wanting to get out of there, probably, which I don't blame him. You're not going anywhere when you shoot that bad a first round. But uh, that's a lot of a lot of pressure on him. And. And, uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, everyone I think has to root for Phil, just uh, he's kind of a, the public favorite, uh, for everybody, it seems like. So, uh, but yeah, that was a big liability for us. Uh, actually we had a bigger liability that almost than we had on the Atlanta Hawks, which they, uh, wow. we managed to get through. So it was interesting. I, it's interesting how golf has taken off because of the betting and then, and, you know, the fact that he, he, he won the tournament this year and everyone thought he, uh, oh, maybe Phil's back and, uh. Uh, as long as it's not the U.S. Open, he seems like he maybe has a shot of winning most tournaments. And uh, uh, But the, you're, you're right. It the, the, the surprises me, speed is 67, but they probably know something. But uh, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, he hasn't had that band, bad round yet, and he kind of ended on a bad note. Maybe I'll take the over that 67 tomorrow and hope he can still win the tournament and go over 67. But I, I think that might be a hedge bet going that over that 67.
5: Mike, uh, I was uh, playing golf with a colleague of yours on Friday, Nick Bogdanovich, who runs all the William Hill books in the United States, and he uh, shared your uh, excitement for Phil Mickelson there missing the cut because they, he was the, a big, big liability for them as well. So interesting that no matter what the store, uh, Mickelson garnered a great deal of interest to to go on and win his second major championship of the season. Now, I told Wes this We've seen this with Tom Watson and Greg Norman and a lot of older players that do well in the British Open. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, four, five, six, seven years from now, we see Phil contend once again, because that's the nature of this major championship. Uh, Just putting on your handicapping hat for a moment here, Mike, uh, of the leaders there, if we go down to that benchmark of, Four shots within the lead. That brings Scotty Scheffler and Corey Connors into play, and then, of course, Spieth's Morikawa and Oosthuizen. Out of those five guys, who would you want to have a ticket on headed into Sunday's final round?
6: You know, I mean, I know Louis has got, got a lead, but uh, it seems to me, uh, especially the way he played today, Morikawa looks like, I mean, out of... I, it seems like he's a pretty easy winner in this. Uh, you never know. I, I, I'm rooting for Jordan because of the money I have on it, but I, you know, he he just doesn't seem to be able to finish off. the uh, One round always gets him. Maybe this will be his bad round today and it wasn't that bad, and maybe he shoots five under tomorrow and wins this thing. But uh, uh, those odds, I, betting at those odds right now, I'd rather there be 20 guys with a chance to win so you can get some prices and take a shot. These odds are too low for me to, to take a shot because I don't think, I think you're down to Louie, Morikow, and Spieth, and maybe Ron, but I don't even, that's too much even, I think, for John to, to make up.
7: Yeah, Marikawa certainly did miss a lot of close putts today, and that's always what you worry about with him. You never worry about him with an iron, best in the world, and has surely shown that this week. Uh, Mike, let's transition over to the NBA. We do have game five, uh, all tied at two. So the, uh, the Phoenix and four memes have definitely gone away, as now we basically have a best of three here in the NBA finals. And currently seeing at Bet MGM, Suns minus four, 220 on the total. So the favorites gotten a little bit of an action on the opener and they've covered every game this series, so I guess why not when the trend is your friend? Seen a little over money here on this game, too. In terms of from a Game 5 standpoint, where do you sit here in terms of your liability and, and what you might need, and also from, like, a futures uh, liability standpoint?
6: Yeah, sure. I mean, the game itself, uh, we need, uh, you know, I think public's on the bandwagon now. The home team looks pretty good in all these matchups, but uh, we, we, uh, we win the uh, Lower to six figures if the Bucks can win. Uh, if the game goes over, we lose a small amount, but that's there's no real money to tell what's going on with that because it's a small five figure amount we lose on the over. So mostly we're rooting for the Bucks on the game tonight. Uh, we need them to win that, but it's been tough for the road team to win a, a game. So uh, and the point spread is fairly low. I think last time I looked, it was four. But uh, the NBA game, uh, as far as totals and uh, uh, to win it all. Uh, we're in a good position like you guys have you know we've talked about before when the Atlanta Hawks went out we're in good shape so bucks win seven figures great job traders had to bet mgm suns win mid six figure so all, we're getting up, up and towards you know seven figures on the sun so we're we're in a very good position we'll root for the bucks to win a little more as of now but that could change uh with a big bet pretty quick because this time of year we can take a big bet and we do take big bets and uh whether it's a mattress guy or someone else we we could have a guy walk in with a million dollars and change all that in, a, in a 20 minutes
5: you know i'm similarly positioned i'm seven six or seven figures if the suns win and six or seven <laughs> figures if the bucks win so I, i'm feeling just as comfortable as you are mike uh um, well,
6: I, I hope it's like pesos not not
5: Um, all kidding aside though uh i know of course you're a very strong golf handicapper you do really well in football you did great in that uh bookie you know the battle of the bookies challenge in the gaming today publication what about nba if you were going to handicap the rest of this series have you liked phoenix or or milwaukee one way or another uh to go ahead and uh, become the nba championship this year or nba champion i should say
6: Yeah, I think, you know, and you guys have been watching, I I think Phoenix really had a huge shot at winning this matchup. But they've gotten a little bit of an injury bug. And the last game, it looked like uh, Paul was uh, tired. And the injuries they're getting are guys that rest him. And uh, he's not getting enough rest. And that concerns me. I mean, if if a team was going to lose a home game, the Bucks, you know, they're closer, but their record at home in the playoffs is so I think they've only lost once, maybe. So, uh, and then you go to the the Suns if uh, if they're getting tired and worn down, you know, this it's taken a, a turn with the injuries the Suns have gotten. Although that's not starters, it's still injuries.
7: Mike, uh, we do have, I uh, know, one thing that you really handicap very well is horse racing, and we do have a big event here this afternoon, a win in your in to get into the Classic at Del Mar in November for the Breeders' Cup, and we do have the Haskell Invitational here at Monmouth Park this afternoon, and really a pair, or trio of bridesmaids are really some of the short prices here. Hot Rod Charlie, the overnight favorite at 6-5, was the runner-up in the Belmont. Mandaloon at 2-1 to one was the Derby runner-up, and then Midnight Bourbon was nine to two he is the preakness runner-up and also a uh, joel rosario horse with todd pletcher following c at three to one seven horse field on the jersey shore this afternoon for the haskell stakes at monmouth who do you like in this one
6: Uh, it's amazing we didn't even talk about this i i'm i'm playing the haskell and it's uh you you guys are geniuses i don't know how you came up with that uh but you're 100 percent right uh hot rod charlie In the Belmont, I mean, they were in a speed duel with a good horse, and he kept going. That was impressive. The the caveat for this, though, is – New Jersey does not allow whips, and there's jockeys that won't ride there because of it. And we're, I'm just not sure how the front end horses like Hot Rod Charlie are going to react if if they don't get out of the gate quick. They, they're not whipping them to the front because the, it's they're not allowed there. So, uh, and it looks like there might be a speed duel again with Midnight Bourbon and Hot Rod, and then they throw in that one horse with Rosario, following C which is a uh, run happy dam so it's a speed horse and I, I, even run happy which is one of the best sprinters ever I think he was 0-2 at a mile and this is a mile and an eighth so I like mandolin coming back and that was one of my derby futures that I didn't get in quite uh, last time with along with Hot Rod Charlie and Midnight Bourbon but uh, I, I think it's tough for Hot Rod Charlie to have a speed duel again and get there he might hold on he did in the Belmont but I think it might be mandolin uh, in this one and he's he's two to one but it's only a seven-horse field, so it's hard to get a price.
7: Yeah, this is a great time of year if you're a horse better, too, because not only you have the big card on the Jersey Shore at Monmouth at the day – Opening weekend at Del Mar. No, Started uh, we, yesterday. We, yeah, we have a couple friends, uh, mutual friends out there. And then, of course, Saratoga now in full swing. I want to get your opinion, though, Mike, on some news that broke during the week. Uh, uh, Bob Baffert cleared in New York mm-hmm. again to go ahead and, and race horses. Uh, your take on that. I'm not really surprised at the ruling just based on the smart horse people I talked to that uh, he is going to be able to give it a go at Saratoga this summer.
6: Yeah, and to be honest with you, most of those suspensions are, don't mean much because they turn it over to their assistant trainers, and nobody's watching the track to see who's actually training the horses. So the only thing they really don't do is get to go out and take their picture in the window circle. They're mm-hmm. still involved in it. And, um, you know, I don't want to comment too much on that because I'm a, a big believer that horse racing needs national uh, a commissioner, and I, know, I think I've said on your show and uh, or other shows that I'm available for that commissioner, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they need it to be nationwide. You know, no whips in New Jersey, no drugs, no LASIK in different states. It's just a, a hodgepodge of different stuff, and, and and racing for its own good needs to, to take control, and uh, it's almost getting to Lance Armstrong. The proportions, all these, the testing year after year, and you have these big races affected, and it's it's just uh, it doesn't look good, and it needs to to, to be fixed, and hopefully this racing will eventually take a step and do that. Uh, you need you need national and a commission to to, to oversee national racing to make it work.
5: Mike, we've got just about a minute left here, and of course we have UFC Fight Night tonight uh, coming off of a very big, attractive card with Poirier and McGregor last weekend. This one is down a little bit, a little bit more watered down as far as the card is concerned. But any big bets or liability on the main card for tonight's action inside the Octagon?
6: No, actually it's uh, it's kind of a, a, I think you're right, 100% right, after last week's uh, uh, you know, card. This one's kind of a a, a a lower level, and we we're just not seeing a lot of action, not a, a lot of requests for it. And uh, uh, and the UFC does that. I mean, they have it all the time. So they have their bigger fights and bigger matches. And uh, uh, that the fights last week, uh, it was interesting TV again. But uh, I I thought they might have a better fight uh, after he broke his leg. He was wanting to fight him from on his back. So. <laughs>
5: All right, Mike. Well, uh, enjoy the horse racing later today, the UFC, and enjoy the final round of the Open Championship on Sunday, my friend. Thanks for
6: joining us as always. Thanks, everybody. Good to see everyone. Thank you, Mike. All right, that is Mike Ferranio.
5: Go say hi to him at the Mandalay Bay. He's the director of race and sports down there at that fine BetMGM property. We'll come back and update the scoreboard. We've got baseball in action in Oakland as we roll on right here on the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM at Vsin, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on a Saturday. The third round of the Open Championship is complete. Louis Eustazen is your leader. He has led wire to wire. He's at 12 under par, heading into Championship Sunday. One shot back is Colin Morikawa, the Summerlin resident, plays a lot of golf in the west side of Las Vegas. He is at 11 under par. And then Jordan Spieth, a former Open Championship winner like Louis Eustazen, he is at 9 under par and three shots back. But there's an alternative event going on as well, the Barbasol Championship West. And I guess we've got a guy flirting with a 59. That would be James
7: Hahn, who currently is 11 under par through 16 holes, now 16 under, leading the tournament. By the way, we did have some rain issues down in Lexington, Kentucky, where this is being played, this alternate event to the Open Championship back in its customary spot. And an alternate event basically means the World Rankings points and the FedEx Cup points are cut in half. And also, you don't get a Masters invitation, but you do get... In terms of if you win this, you get the two-year exemption on the PGA Tour. You get an invite to the PGA. So it's not necessarily playing for chicken feed. And James Hahn now just birdies 17. He is now 17 under par, four clear of the field, 12 under on his round. So gonna have a chance to shoot 59 here on this par 72 with the birdie at 18. And obviously big for James Hahn. James Hahn was well inside that 125 for the FedEx Cup points because we're about a little less than a month away, Brady, where you got to be in that 125. Right if you want to go ahead and make that FedEx Cup playoffs and not only lock in your card, but play for a lot of big money and bonus money and big tournaments against big fields. So... That's what we have here, James Hahn, 17 under. J.T. Poston was the overnight leader with 13 under par through first two rounds. He is currently four back, has not teed off. I believe he's probably going to tee off in about 25 minutes unless we get some weather. But right now, the story and the man of the hour at the Barbasol Championship is James Hahn, trying to make a birdie here on 18 and go for a 59. And uh, it is a par four, so no chance to eagle and maybe match that Jim Furyk 58 that we saw at the Travelers a couple years ago. But nevertheless, James Hahn been all over, just eagled 15 and birdie 17. So uh, very good round for James Hahn, who is a guy I kind of like to bet a lot of those West Coast events early in the year, and sometimes he shows up on leaderboards. Of course, don't have him this week at the Barbasol.
5: <laughs> and I know you did have a few guys. Didn't, did not you bet on Schwartzel?
7: I, I do. Uh, my nearest guy, I do have Bo Hosler in the top 10 and 11 okay. under par. Also, Bo Hogue, who has yet to tee off. He was in the top 10 in the overnight, I believe, T8 he is 10 under par. This is a Birdie Fest type of event. The two winning scores that we have seen here, it was not played last year in 2020, but Jim Herman, I believe mm-hmm. won this. The Hermanator won it a couple of years ago at 25 under par and then it was Troy Merritt, I believe in 2018 at 23 under par. So, that's about where you're going to have to get to to win this event and guys trying to take advantage of a downfield this week and see if they can pick up these FedEx Cup points and even get that two-year PGA Tour exemption.
5: So a couple guys in contention, James Hahn at the Barbasol and Colin Morikawa at the Open Championship. Both hail from UC Berkeley. A couple Mm -hmm. Cal Bears Mm -hmm. there in the mix in their respective golf tournaments this week. I want to... Talk about the action in the octagon. Mike Peranio said certainly the handle is down from what we saw last week. We yes. always know Conor McGregor attacks, uh, attracts a lot of interest, uh, both international folks traveling to Las Vegas and locally. Uh, certainly must-see TV when he is in there involved, and Dustin Poirier getting that victory over McGregor uh, last weekend. But a down card, but still opportunities to bet, Wes. Did anybody get your money tonight?
7: Yeah, the one that I bet so far, and it's now about 160, 160 I got it at one thirty earlier this week, is Misha Takedown Tate or Cupcake Tate. She's gone by a couple different nicknames. And <laughs> nevertheless, has been out of the octagon for about four years. Went and worked for 1FC, the promotion of based over in Singapore as an executive. Didn't fight, but hasn't been in the octagon in a few years. Now is coming back. She is uh, uh, born two children in that time. So, you know, kind of semi-retired a little bit, did Misha Tate. But she is now back. She is fighting tonight against uh, Marion Renault. And Marion Renault, who is 24 years old, I believe number, uh, I want to say number 12 in, in that uh, Bantam division of, for the women. But Tate, obviously back, she's been in some high profile fights. Pop- I think people remember her fights against Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Those did not go her way necessarily. But I do like Tate, And I think that being booked for her to win still only 34 years old, even though she has not been in the octagon. I believe the last fight was November 2016, a unanimous decision loss to Rocky Pennington. But she is now back, and I think that this is set up for her to win, and that's why I think you're seeing the money go her way. So uh, I do like Misha Tate over Marion Renault. Maybe at this standpoint, if you've lost a little money value, I'd maybe make it parlay filler with Gamrod over Stevens or something like that.
5: We've got two baseball games in action. The 1 o'clock starts have gone to first pitch. The Oakland A's leading the Cleveland Indians still in the first inning, bottom of the first in Oakland, one to nothing. Cubs and Diamondbacks still scoreless. We'll be right back in a moment right here on the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. season is right around the corner and that means the v College Football Betting Guide is coming out soon. Our experts will look at the impact of the transfer portal, key games on the schedule, and early season trends to watch so that you have a betting edge this football season. The guide is only $19.99. Discounts are available when you buy early so now's the time to reserve your copy or sign up for the all-access v package and get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vsin.com. Flash subscribe. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the green zone presented by BetMGM. Want to shift over to baseball here. Mentioned going out into the break that the Oakland A's have a one-to-nothing lead over the Cleveland Indians. The adjusted total in that game is eight and a half. It was at nine for the opener prior to first pitch. So down just a tick there. Chicago and Arizona, they are still scoreless, but the Cubs do have a runner on first base. With two outs, I was leaning towards the over in that game, and right now you can get a pretty darn good price in-game where it is adjusted down to 7.5. And, And Wes, I want to take a look at some of the top teams in the American League and the National League. From a betting perspective, what the numbers are going into this quote-unquote second half of the season after the All-Star break, uh, and if you have any thoughts here as far as World Series or the pennant, and we'll start in the American League, certainly the Houston Astros, one of the hottest teams uh, to end the first half and coming into the second, the Chicago White Sox, the Boston Red Sox, and the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Oakland A's. So basically first place and second place teams there. The Astros to win the World Series at 6-1 to one, to win the pennant at plus 225. I did bet the Astros to win the pennant at plus 350. That number has come down a little bit. The White Sox at plus 325 to win the pennant. Uh, the Red Sox 10 to 1 to win the World Series. The Rays at 14. The A's at 15 to 1 to win the World Series and plus 750. To win the pennant, anything there look juicy to you as we just get underway post All Star break?
7: Astros, in terms of the pennant, I don't think that that's a bad bet at two and a quarter. And obviously, that's at BetMGM, and we always recommend shop around and see what you can find out there. uh, uh Look, I, I still think uh, there's at least a smidge of value on these guys, but if you want to go a little bit down the board, A team that I like maybe for a World Series value, and you can get them, I think they're 14-1 to at BetMGM. I've seen some 16 out there in the market, too, is the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm -hmm. Now, what you're kind of banking on the Rays to do is to be, you know, make it kind of an uncharacteristic trade and be buyers here at the deadline. If you get about, like, Nelson Cruz, or if you get somebody like Herman Marquez that I think could really kind of, you know, bolster that roster here at the deadline, uh, the Yankees, I mean, if you're looking at the number, obviously the number becomes attractive when you're seeing them. I've even seen some of them places at 20-1. to 1. Obviously, that is now drifting, though, with the COVID-19 issues and with Aaron Judge and Gio Urshela going to be out for about 10 days. So now that was a team maybe I was looking at, but now I'm a little bit more lukewarm on the New York Yankees. But I think the Tampa Bay Rays do have to pick up some kind of arm without Tyler Glasnow in the rotation. I just don't know how much you can tax that bullpen doing a lot of these opening starter type of things that Kevin Cash was kind of one of the first ones to uh, go ahead and, uh, and 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 do that with this team and a lot of people have certainly followed that but I certainly think they need another arm. We know the Rockies are going to be sellers. Herman Marquez, John Gray, those are a couple guys that are going to be put out there. I maybe would call on Minnesota, to see if Jose Barrios would be made available. So Tampa Bay, I do think, needs to add a pitcher, and they could even use a bat. Maybe they're not going to have enough to do both, where they can get obviously an arm and then obviously get a big bat like Nelson Cruz, even at 40 years old, still very productive and has some pop. that can get the balls out at the drop. So Tampa Bay, in terms of a World Series price from the American League, that is where I think the value is, and it's 14 to 1 bet MGM. There's some 16s out there, but. That would be down the board who I would be going with. I think the Astros still would be the favorite. I think that was a good bet by you in terms of betting them for the pennant. You're now a little bit less of a price than you got, of course, but I think they're absolutely the rightful favorites, but the Rays are the value.
5: Yeah, I was really waiting for them to go on a losing streak, and maybe I could get 4 or 5 to 1. That did not happen, so I had to settle for plus 350, but right now here at BetMGM, the Astros at plus 225 to win the pennant. The Tampa Bay Rays, you mentioned, at plus 600. 6-1 6-1 to, to win the American League pennant. They are just a game and a half behind the Boston Red Sox in the American League East division. Uh, the Chicago White Sox, 8-1 to one to win the World Series and plus 325 to win the pennant. I like this team, and we talked about it. They play in a pretty darn weak division and uh, certainly are a heavy favorite to go on and win the division. I just don't know if I like them in the playoffs. Mm. uh, What I think is against stiffer competition. They lost to the Astros yesterday. They will play the Astros again tonight at home. I think the Astros are a better club. I kind of like the Rays and the Red Sox. I I like a lot of teams in the American League better than Chicago. And
7: the White Sox have had their fair share of injuries this season. Of course, Robert being out. Eloy Jimenez has been out pretty much the entire season. So, what my concern is for the White Sox is these guys that have been pitching really well all season the Carlos Rodones, the Lance Lynns. I don't think they're going to fall off a cliff here, but. The fact that you got to think, at least by the numbers, they're going to tell you that some regression is coming a little bit with this team. So, I don't know. Maybe this is a year too soon, I, I guess, for the White Sox. I'm not saying they can't do it, but I certainly have a lot more concerns about them going forward than I would the Astros.
5: And Lance Lynn just signed an extension, so sometimes that's always not a great thing. And is Lucas Giolito going to kind of find that form we thought he was going to have
7: when everybody thought he was a preseason Cy Young candidate? By the way, Giolito is is on the mound for the White Sox in that second game against the Astros tonight.
5: The Cubs were not able to get that runner around. It remains scoreless in the desert with Arizona and the Chicago Cubs. The Oakland A's still leading the Cleveland Indians 1-0, top of the second inning there at the Oakland Coliseum. Let's look at the National League real quick. We've got the Dodgers at plus 375. That's a short price to win the World Series plus 175 to win the pennant. The San Diego Padres at 8 to 1 to win the World Series, 4 to 1 to win the National League pennant. And about the Dodgers, they still trail the Giants in the division by 2 games, and the Giants are 16 to 1 to win the World Series, plus 650 to win the pennant. I actually did bet the Giants to win the pennant and got exactly that number, plus 650 which I don't think is too bad for a team that's currently sitting in, in first place with the best record in baseball.
7: Yeah. I was talking about them the other day in terms of, I think they were like five or something or six to one to make, just make the playoffs. And, I think the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I might maybe look to fade the Padres more so than the Giants. In terms of the Dodgers, I understand why they're the rightful favorite. They pretty much have been all season. But they're a team I kind of want to avoid. I'm not saying I want to step in front of them. But they're a team I want to avoid a little bit because I don't know what's going to happen with this whole thing with Trevor Bauer. If and when he is going to be available, if at all, what effect that's going to have on the team? Are they maybe going to be okay? We're happy to get rid of this distraction, but you got to replace him. You got to have another arm that's ready to step up, and that's going to shorten your bullpen a little bit. So. Dodgers to me I don't see any value right now
5: yeah certainly cause for hesitation is the Trevor Bauer situation we'll talk a little bit more about some of those contenders in the National League when we come back on the other side also take a look at some more baseball getting on later this afternoon as we roll on in the Green Zone presented by BetMGM
4: <laughs>
5: Raises the stakes for MLS action like BetMGM. Sign up for the BetMGM app using the code VSIN100. And if your first wager is a $1 money line bet on either the New York Red Bulls or the Philadelphia Union, you'll get $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. If you're betting in Philadelphia, you'll get $100 in free bets if the team you bet on wins. Download the app today. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, 800-889-9789 and 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, the promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. And maybe some runs are coming here with two runners on for the Arizona Diamondbacks in the bottom of the second inning down in the Valley of the Sun. Arizona taking on the Chicago Cubs today. The Cubs went off as a minus 130 favorite on the road. They won 5-1. to Beat the Diamondbacks on Friday night, but right now the Arizona Diamondbacks with a little bit of threat of a threat going in their home half of the second inning. Runners on second and third with nobody down. Excuse me, one down and make that two down, but that'll play to run there. Fielder's choice. Walker comes in to score for the Diamondbacks and they lead the Chicago Cubs one to nothing. Still one to nothing out in Oakland with the Oakland Athletics leading the Cleveland Indians and the A's are now batting in their home half of the second inning. Want to continue the conversation here West with some of the contenders in the national league and they're, Odds to win the World Series and or the pennant. We were talking about the Dodgers and the Padres. Of course, the National League West really loaded with three of these teams to keep an eye on in the second half of the season, Los Angeles, San Diego, and San Francisco. You've also got the Mets and the Brewers that I think are very interesting teams. The Mets, of course, leading the National League East and the Brewers leading the National League Central. The Mets are 9-1 to to win the World Series, plus 4.50 to win the pennant. The Brewers at 13-1 to to win the World Series and 5-1 to to win the pennant. Now, the Brewers were a team, I bet, a while ago at 20-1 to to win the pennant. So, obviously, a good number there. Uh, but I know our friend Mike Palm and maybe yourself think the Reds are a real threat to the Brew Crew.
7: I, I'm a little bit more lukewarm, and that's probably because of my fan bias uh, with the Cincinnati Reds because that bullpen concerns me. I know they can hit the ball out of the yard, and I think this is over the next two weeks we're going to find out if the Reds are really going to go for it because they're going to get a lot of calls for Nick Castellanos mm-hmm. if they're not going to go for it. And that's a way to obviously, you you know, if there's a such thing as selling high, he's about as high as he can get right now for the value. So hopefully, you know, if they have a next, good next couple weeks, maybe they're going to think that they can chase down the Brewers. But looking at the National League, in terms of the Mets, I'm always concerned about the Mets just simply because, they always seem to have injuries on that pitching staff. We've seen it. Obviously, Cindergard has been hurt this year. If Jacob Degrom goes down, I know they've had a couple other guys, Taiwan Walker, Marcus Stroman, have kind of rebounded with this team this year. But can they keep it going? So you're always worried about this Mets team. And plus, this is a Mets team that doesn't exactly hit. One of the one of the bottom offenses really in the in the National League, and yet here they are leading the NL East now. The team and, and, of course, now Lindor is is on the 10-day injured list with an oblique injury. So he, of course, they paid a lot of money to Frankie Lindor to come uh, oh, uh, to uh, Flushing Queens, and he has not really got it going yet. Been a disappointment. Obviously, this is very early in his deal. But you have seen a lot of injuries uh, over the years on this Mets pitching staff, so that often worries me. And if I'm saying who's going to be the comer in this division, I know they split with the Marlins yesterday yesterday. I think the Philadelphia Phillies are not that far out of it, and I think that maybe they would have some value, especially if you want to bet them in the NL East. I already have them on an overseason win total, and they're maybe just slightly ahead of pace at this standpoint, but it's kind of like 50-50. But this is a team that I think very much could be dangerous. This is a team that can hit. Bryce starts getting going. uh, uh, McCutcheon starts getting going. uh, Or not McCutcheon. Hoskins starts getting going. And you have Zach Wheeler, who if it wasn't for Jacob DeGrom, and I know you look at Wheeler's record at 6-5, and five, 236 on the XVP is just absolutely outstanding. Zach Wheeler would be a bonafide Cy Young candidate in the National League if it wasn't for Jacob DeGrom. So I think where the value is on the Phillies, I don't think we have the divisional prices up there, but I've seen them anywhere 6-7-1. I think that that's where the value is in the National League East. So I'm not really... High on the Mets from a World Series standpoint.
5: Uh, the Brewers, of course, again, 5-1 to one to win the pennant, 13-1 to one to win the World Series. You mentioned you do kind of like the Giants there at uh, 6.50 to win the pennant, or if you can find a number in that neighborhood just to make the playoffs. The San Francisco Giants certainly in good position to do so. At the top of the National League West, two games ahead of the Dodgers currently heading into the action on Saturday. Talking about the Philadelphia Phillies West, they will get underway not too long from now. I believe this is a 3.05 Pacific start, 6.05 Eastern. Uh, first pitch, and it'll be Will Crow for the Pittsburgh, or excuse me, it will be Patrick Corbett. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the wrong game. I can't find the, the Phillies, Phillies game. Out. Vincent Velasquez, Velasquez yep. against Zach Thompson for the uh, Miami Marlins. And Vince Vasquez has been really good to me. Vincent Velasquez has been really good to me in his last 3 or 4 starts Wes he's uh, you know he, his problem early in the year was giving up the walks mm-hmm. and he's gotten better at that he's turned that around a little bit he's a short favorite here today at home at BetMGM just minus 115 on the money line i think i laid about minus 114 a higher total at 9.5, but I like the Phillies to get this one done over Miami.
7: Yeah, I didn't play this, certainly lean your way. By the way, Bryce Harper is going to be back in the lineup today, so a little bit of movement on the Phillies. Uh, Aaron Nola, I did mention how I kind of do like this team in terms of the NL East, but Aaron Nola is going to be on the 10-day IL with COVID-19, so no injury, but I think it's maybe from a protocol standpoint. Also, Alec Baum, their third baseman, who was an outstanding rookie last year. So, Phillies I do think are going to get some reinforcements here and get some guys back over the next week once this 10-day protocol ends. So, I would certainly lean your way. I did not play it at this standpoint. It was a uh, a split yesterday between between these two teams. So, Phillies right there at 500 45 and 45. Also, the Miami Marlins, you would think maybe they'll get some calls, even though they've been okay being that they're 11 games under five hundred. I say okay with reservation, but they're obviously going to get calls to see if maybe they have a couple pieces they're willing to part with, but I do think the Phillies are going to go for it here.
5: And James Hahn, an update there on the 59 watch. He did not make it. He shot a 60, I believe, correct? Yeah, 30 for 30.
7: uh, 30 on the front nine, (laughs) 30 on the back nine for James Hahn. So he is in the house at 17 under par, 12 under on his round today. I don't know if that is going to stand, though, at the end of the third round, depending on when that's completed. They may have to do that tomorrow because they had a weather delay. Now you're just starting to get the final group, J.T. Post and Ryan Armour were the overnight uh, co-leader, or actually Poston was the leader at 13 under par, Armour at 12 under par. So, look, you got to go low to score here. So even though James Hahn has a four-shot lead, not insurmountable here at the Barbasol, being that these lead groups are just starting to tee off, and these guys that were at like 10, 11 under, 12 under in the overnights are basically only through a couple holes.
5: Are you familiar with this new guy? He's kind of popped on the scene, as far as I can tell. Mito Pereira. Yes. Uh, I knew a lot of people that liked this guy. Uh, he was involved in the tour event last week. The John Deere Classic did not really fire too well, but here in an alternate field event with a lot of the big names uh, over in the uh, over across the pond playing in the Open Championship, I did see some people land on Mito Pereira, mm-hmm. and so far so good. He is five under on his round through twelve holes at twelve under par for the barbersall uh, championship here, and just five off the lead.
7: Well, Mito Pereira is now a full member of the PGA Tour. He's a 26-year-old man out of the capital city of Chile, Santiago, and he played his college golf at Texas Tech. So he actually did a rare feat earlier this year, Brady, because of COVID. So you have two years kind of extending into one. Obviously, 2020 and 2021, they've kind of combined those seasons on the Corn Ferry Tour due to COVID-19. And if you count that win back on February 2020, which the KFT and the PGA Tour are doing, and he also won two events in back-to-back weeks in June, did Mito Pereira? Mito Pereira received what's called the battlefield promotion. Mm. And when you win three Corn Ferry Tour events in the same year on the PGA Tour, you get that battlefield promotion. That's instant promotion to the PGA Tour. That doesn't mean that means you don't have to go through the Corn Ferry Finals. You don't have to be in the top 25 necessarily on the money list, although two wins in a season is certainly going to get you there. First guy since Wesley Bryan in 2016 who gets this battlefield promotion. So, Mito Pereira, if you're seeing a new name on the tour, he is going to be playing more regularly. And, by the way, he is 12 under par, 5 under on his round. So, currently tied for third at the Barbasol. And uh, this is a guy now that has his PGA Store status and obviously obviously would like to extend it a, a little more to get those FedEx Cup points. But he is exactly... Them for next year.
5: Okay, very good. Yeah, I did not know where he came from, but obviously a Corn Ferry Tour member that gets that that boost into the major leagues, if you will, and doing quite well at the Barbasol Championship this week. We'll keep an eye on Mito Pereira and what the future holds for him on the PGA Tour, but a guy you can probably still get pretty good odds with, and especially in these fields that don't have all the star and power. And we're
7: going to have a couple of these over the next weeks. So the yep. 3M is a full field event, but week after a major, probably a little bit down in field quality, and then you have the Barracuda Championship, which will go opposite the WGC event in Memphis in two weeks. First weekend of August, Olympic break, so no PGA Tour event, but we're starting to get close, Brady, and then we get in that last chance, the Wyndham Championship in middle of August, and then we're in the FedEx playoffs, so guys trying to jockey in to get in that 125.
5: Yeah, a little bit of a letdown off of the Open Championship, which is the final major championship of the year. But then, like you say, you get the Wyndham, uh, which you know decides who's going to get into the FedEx playoffs. And then, of course, the playoffs are certainly fun, concluding in the Tour Championship. And then in between, we're going to get a WGC event as well down in Memphis, which is always a great event, a great golf course that the tour players love. So uh, certainly not over as far as the golf season, but we're getting close uh, as the summer winds down and we get closer to football season. I always Mm -hmm. like that, how the uh, golf kind of ends when the football begins and vice versa. Football kind of ends right when golf is getting started early on in the year. We'll come back and talk with Ryan Ballingy in hour number three. Get his thoughts on the Open Championship. Our friend Mr. Ballingy will join the Green Zone presented by BetMGM when we return right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.